the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. with another episode of Life Inspired. And today we're going to be talking about, I want to say it's a tough subject because we are overcomers, but it is a subject that can put fear in the hearts of some people when told that you have a diagnosis of cancer. It is October. And of course, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And my very, very special guest today is no stranger to Life Inspired. As a matter of fact, Lady D'Angelo Wells is the first lady of Emmanuel Church here in Portland, Oregon. She was my first guest ever when we started Life Inspired. Lady Wells, first of all, we want to say thank you so much for being here and sharing something that I believe is going to be life saving to those who listen today. Well, thank you so much for the invitation to come back and to share my story. Um, I will say it's my first time sharing it. I actually have not shared it with our church yet since diagnosis, which has been, that was January, so almost 10 months ago now. So I'm going to share it for the first time Sunday. But as you mentioned in your intro, it's hard to talk about. And we are overcomers, but it is a challenge. And so, you know, it's taken me a while to be able to even talk about it. Lady Wells, as you know, um, I am a two-time cancer survivor, not breast cancer, but thyroid cancer. From that perspective of sitting across from a doctor who tells you that you have that, I can totally relate to what it might have felt like for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm going to let you share your story of how this journey of breast cancer began for you. And it has been a journey. Um, I have a friend, um, a pastor's wife friend, Mary Merriweather, who when I first received the diagnosis, she was such an encouragement to me, which by the way, when you get news like this, it's important to surround yourself with people who love you and people who know the Lord. She falls in both categories. And she coined this phrase, journey to the cure, journey to the cure. So whenever I was having this bad day, she'd call me and say, nope, this is just part of the journey and we're on our way to the cure. Do you mind sharing how you discovered it? Yes. And actually, I didn't find a lump. I have breast dense tissue. If you have dense tissue in your breast, It's hard to determine whether or not there's a lump or not. So I really encourage women to go and get their mammograms and get those regularly. So it was November of last year, and I was looking at my checklist of all the things I needed to do before the end of the year, go to the dentist, get my eyes checked, go get my mammogram. It was just part of a routine thing. So I called and tried to schedule, and they said, you know, you're a week early. 
which never happens. Mm, You're true. early, and we can't schedule it until that week occurs if we want your insurance to cover it. And I said, absolutely, won't insurance to cover it. I'll wait the week. Called back a week later, and I rescheduled. So it was just a routine checkup that I went in for, and I was not expecting anything other than to check that box. Okay, I'm done with everything that, that needed to get done in this, for this year, and now I'm ready for 2022. You went to get a mammogram, so would you say that the mammogram could potentially have saved your life? Absolutely saved my life because I had just had a mammogram, as I mentioned, a year before, and the year before it was clear. This year when I had the mammogram and the MRI and the ultrasound, you know, I mean, you name it, I had it. When I had it, this, this year they it detected cancer, and I had three, not one, not two, but three lumps. One was five centimeters, which is pretty large. Wow. So what I learned when I got the diagnosis is that only 20% of women who get breast cancer get this kind, and it's extremely aggressive. Mm. So all of this had happened in just a year. So I was devastated when I got that call. My husband came down to the office. And they said, you know, I'm sorry to share this with you, but we did confirm that we did find cancer. They didn't go into a lot of detail at that time, but did say that they wanted to get me in to see the doctor right away. I felt a lot of things simultaneously. I was devastated. Yeah. At the same time, I was numb. And all the while, I knew that I was in God's hands. Yes. I didn't know what his will was for me, but I knew that I, that I was in his hands, and I trusted him. Who was the first person besides your husband that you shared it with that was a blessing to you and still is during this journey? That's a long list, but it also happened over a long period of time because it was so hard for me to talk about. The next call that I made was to my sister, who I needed to support me while I shared the news with my parents. And I shared the news with my parents on my way home from Providence after I had the diagnosis and the treatment plan. And I didn't want to tell them before because I didn't want to string them along. And after that, both of our daughters are adults. They are married. They live in Atlanta. So I scheduled a Zoom call with them. And that was the first time they were calling each other saying, why is mom scheduling a Zoom call? I mean, we don't, we're not that formal of a family. We don't do Zoom meetings. We do FaceTime. Right. We're very informal. It probably took me a month before I shared with a couple of close friends. And of course, I had to tell work because my work schedule was going to be Affected, but again, I kept it very, very close. I did tell it, tell our pastoral staff uh, maybe four months after the diagnosis, so I kept it pretty close just because it was too hard for me to talk about. Yes, I was still processing. I couldn't handle the responsibility of trying to process my feelings and take care of everybody else. I needed all of my energies to just uh, focus fo- on focus you. On myself, which yes. is not something I'm used to doing. Oh, I you believe know, me. Uh, I understand that uh, completely. Yes. A lot of women are not used to doing that. Once you did that, once you got over that beginning, kind of that shock phase, and then you were able to share with your your family, the prayers of the righteous availeth much, and you, yes. had, you had your system in place. So prayers yes. definitely in place for you. Um, tell us yes. some of the most challenging moments in the beginning of this journey. Obviously, you are here, you're a living witness and a testimony that you are victorious. 
But what was the most yeah. difficult? What was the most difficult part of this journey for you when it comes to treatment? And what were the next steps? I don't know that I can single out um, one or even a few difficult moments. There were numerous difficult moments throughout the process. 23rd Psalms, I've heard it. I can't tell you how many times I can recite it. I know it forwards and backwards. But that scripture came alive for me. And in particular, there are a couple of phrases that came alive for me during those difficult moments. One is, thou art with me. Yes. The whole time I felt that God was with me. Another was, he maketh me to lie down. Because you don't do that. (laughs) No, a very busy life. And it's like, okay, during this phase, I had no choice but to stop everything that I was doing and literally lie flat on my back. We called our children. We had the Zoom call that I referenced earlier, and they were devastated. I could see their faces, and one of them didn't have her face on camera, and their husbands were there. And I tried to call the next day. We talk every day several times a day. I tried to call them the next day because I hadn't heard from them, and they told their husbands to tell me they just couldn't talk, and I understood that. So that was hard to not be with my family at that time. So that was a Monday, Tuesday by the end of the week, it was I was at home and I was in bed, and I had just decided I'm not going to get up today. I wasn't sick. I just didn't have the emotional energy to get up. Mm-hmm. And I'm never in bed past 6 o'clock, maybe. But it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and the doorbell rang. And I thought, hmm, who is that? What, or I really forgot my thought. Maybe I'd forgotten what I'd ordered from Amazon, because uh, that's not a, ever a surprise visit. They're always <laughs> at my door. I looked at the doorbell, the ring, and looked at the camera, and on my steps were both daughters, their husbands, and their children. Oh, my and goodness. And they had flown across the United States to come home, and they were here for me. They were here for my first chemo treatment. So it's moments like that that God has just, he just shows up for me. And that's exactly what I needed. Yes. Exactly what I needed. Another difficult moment was the shedding of the hair. My hair's always been short, but I love my hair. I color it. I I cut it. I do fun things with it. And it was starting to shed as a result of chemo. And every day it, it would just come out more and more. So I understand why people shave their heads. It's like it's super traumatic, you know, to see yeah. they're on your pillow or every time you, or it's on your shoulders. So yes. There were numerous difficult moments, but when I tell you that God showed up every time in a song, in a scripture, in a word of encouragement from one of the few people mm. that I shared the diagnosis with, even in, you know, the shedding of the hair a hairdresser from church came to our home to care for me and to take care of, you know, to give me a special shampoo for my hair. She said that God had given her a special oil for people with cancer and who were going through chemo a couple of years ago, and she didn't know why. And she's like, you know what? It's it's for it's for such a time as this. God has continued to show up in numerous ways through people, songs, scriptures words of encouragement, cards. And of course, this is your circle. So to have asked you, how did you know that God was with you? Well, you just answered that. Yes, yes. In this journey, how has it changed your relationship with God? You know, I think there's a closer walk. His presence is very apparent. You know, we get really busy in life and we're going and, and we're constantly on the go and there's 
we're bombarded with information and we're bombarded with things. And particularly over the last couple of years, our worlds have been turned upside down. And all of those things serve as a way to create distraction and to create noise. Mm. But when we lie down, yes, all of that turned off. And it was literally God and me. Yes. Sometimes when we don't sit ourselves down, it's not that it's God's intention for us to go through these things, but sometimes the things that we go through allow us to draw closer to him because Absolutely. of the trauma or whatever has happened in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely, Crystal. You know, one day I remember um, after all my hair was gone, my lashes were gone, my brows were gone. Mm. I remember looking in the mirror and literally saying out loud, who is this person? Because I was, I was completely unrecognizable to myself. Wow. I felt completely devastated as I was looking at this image that I didn't recognize. And that moment, that was another difficult moment where I literally came face to face, pun intended, mm. with, with this person. And what I concluded was, this is still me. Yes. That it's another side of me, that God was going to bring out a side of me that, that's not a new me. It's just another side of me that I haven't known. And I remember that day in particular, when I spoke with my friend Mary, she, the word she spoke to me that day was, this is a process and there is a purpose. And later that day, I saw a sign that said, grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure, olives are pressed to release oil, and a seed must be broken in order to grow. You're making me kind of go back through my experience as well. People say all the time, God will only give you how much you can bear. You've got to be an awfully strong person to go through any type of an illness. But when you go through cancer, I don't know what your treatment completely was. You can share as much or as little as you want. God doesn't make mistakes. We know that. Mm-hmm. But did he pick the right one for what you've had to go through? Oh, my gosh. If, you, if you'd if you asked me that before this, I would have said, no, I'm not the right one. I, this is not, I can't go through that. Mm. I had no idea um, that I would be able to go through what I've gone through, and I had no idea I would be here today. It's still very emotional, and when I say, you know, my strength is weak, sometimes there are days and moments when I'm weak. I'm First of all, I'm a very, very private person, but I believe that God wants me to be more transparent, and so that's the side of me that I don't know. That's the side of me that I don't know, but I'm becoming <laughs> more and more familiar with her. Yes. And I went through 12 weeks of chemotherapy. I had a double mastectomy. And so in, in all transparency, when I looked in the mirror and I, there was this person, the space I didn't recognize, it was before I had the double mastectomy. But the other word that came out of my mouth was, and now my breasts are going to be gone too? Wow. In my journal entry, it, it simply said three words. I don't understand. Mm. So while I sound, you know, I may sound strong, again, I absolutely have my moments, but I know that God has carried me through. So, and I still have moments even now. I am still in treatment. Um, I'll be in treatment until February, and then I will have another surgery at some point a month or so after that. So I'm still in the process. That next surgery, is that for, what is that surgery for? That next surgery is reconstruction. 
That's what so, I thought. Yeah, so that'll be my last stage. And I'm, I'm already looking back, but then I'm really going to look back. Absolutely. And talk about a resurrection and a full circle and a completion. I can't wait for that. But I will bring you up to speed in terms of where I am today. Yes. Um, I had an MRI after the last chemo session, and that MRI confirmed that all the lumps were gone. So Praise all three lumps God. were gone. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. God is so good. That was just more than music to my mm. ears. They still had to do the surgery because even though they don't see the lumps, it doesn't mean that, that the cancer is not there. Exactly. Particularly for this type of cancer, it's very aggressive. And if they, if, if you miss anything, then, you know, I could be back exactly. at, at stage, you know, where I was. Right. And you don't want it to spread to any other organs or Absol- anything. Absolutely. So there were, they took some lymph nodes as well. Um, and so uh, in June, I got the call from the doctor. When I went in, he confirmed that there was no residual cancer in the tissue that was removed. So I am thanking God. I'm claiming complete victory. The, tr- the treatment that I'm in right now is so that it doesn't come back. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. God brought me, he's brought me out. I'm claiming complete healing. I'm claiming victory in the name of Jesus. So Amen. I'll tell you this one last story. When I went in for the MRI, those machines are huge and they're really loud. Yes, they are. And it's very intimidating. You're lying flat. You're very, it's very intimidating. So they gave me headphones and said, we can play music on Pandora. What type of music would you like if you want music? I said, definitely want music. They said, you know, let's do gospel on Pandora. So they played it. And the first song that came on, the title was My Life is in Your Hand. Mm. So I'm laying there and I'm listening to this. And the whole process, I think, was maybe 30 minutes. And the technician said, you're doing well. Hang in there. We're almost done. We only have about five more minutes to go. And after she said that, a song came on and the song was titled, entitled, This is My Exodus. Woo! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm shouting on the podcast. (laughs) Hallelujah! This is my exodus. And the the leader of the song is uh, Leandria uh, Johnson. Johnson! Oh, my Lord. This is my exodus. And she said, I'm saying goodbye. And the machines, I'm rolling in and out of the machine. It's making all of this noise. And the song is playing, this is my exodus. This is my exodus. I'm saying goodbye and thank you, Lord, for bringing me through. And I tell you, I laid on that table in that machine, and I was done. I was like, God, (laughs) thou art with me. Thou Thou art art with with me. me. Yes. Thou art with me. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's my story. That's my story. Woo! Okay. I am so overwhelmed right now. And so, so grateful. So grateful that you're doing well. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, God is good. I can't show you how many tears I've cried. God is so good. He's so good. I just want to say thank you so much for entrusting me to share your story first. And before we leave, because I told you this was going to be 15 minutes, I knew it was going to be longer. (laughs) Oh, because when you start talking about the goodness of Jesus, oh, my goodness. He's so good. He's so good. 
I'm getting myself together. Okay. What do you most want to share with women or men? Because a lot of the times folks feel like men don't have to deal with this. They do. There are men that deal with breast cancer as well. What is the message you want to leave with them? For women, um, I would say absolutely get your mammogram. Women of color have a higher tendency of breast cancer. But we don't always have access to the best care. We don't always, we're busy taking care of everything, uh, everybody else. Historically, that's what we've even done, you know? Right. And so I want to encourage um, women of color in particular, take care of yourself, advocate for yourself. That was the other thing I was going to say. In addition to getting your mammogram, educate yourself and advocate for yourself. And lastly, don't isolate. And this is really, I'll go back and say for men, men get breast cancer. Men also get other forms of cancer. Men are are also sometimes resistant to going to the doctor. Yes, it's so so true. I want to encourage men, go in and get your annual checkups as well for cancer, period. Educate, advocate. And if you find out that you've got something going on, the first thing we want to do is hibernate. But I would say do not isolate. No. Educate, advocate, don't isolate. First Lady D'Angelo Wells, Lady D, I want to say first and foremost, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that it's going to be a blessing to those who listen to it, whether it's October, November, December, any time of the year. But in this, in the month of October, obviously, we wanted to share this because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Crystal. I love you dearly. I love you more. <laughs> and by the way, Sunday, October the 30th, if you are in the Portland area, we invite you to Emmanuel. I will actually be interviewing you on stage about this yes. to the entire yes. congregation. Lady Wells, if you don't mind giving the church email address or webpage. Certainly. Uh, we're com. Our physical address is 1033 North Sumner, Portland, Oregon, 97217. And if you'd like to contact the church office to get more information, the number is 503-287-2223. Or you can email us at office at Emmanuel, E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L-P-D-X.com. And I'd love to see you um, on Sunday the 30th at our church when I will be sharing my testimony. That will serve as our sermon for the day. Thank you for being willing to come in and interview me. I hope I got all the tears out from this one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They keep coming for me, too. They keep Amen. coming for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank because you God so much. so good. He is. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Life Inspired. Until next time, be good to yourself and to those around you.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.